This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Sensitive souls not only have to deal with sensitivity to other people's negative emotions, they also have to deal with other types of toxic energies, including electromagnetic radiation, noise pollution, air pollution, and toxins in our food and water. Worst of all, our emotions are easily manipulated by mainstream media and fear can easily become a chronic state of being. By practicing being in your own vibration, you'll learn what is you and what isn't you. Valerie Atelis interviews Dr. Karen Kahn, the author of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. Dr. Karen Kahn is a medical doctor and doctor of light medicine. As a number one best-selling author and founder of the Tolpa Khan Healing Method, her mission is to help sensitive souls heal themselves, harness their gifts as a superpower, and express their soul's mission. What she is really passionate about is empowering sensitive souls like earth angels, indigos, star seeds, and empaths to shine their light so that together we can pull the world out of darkness. Through her Academy of Light Medicine, Dr. Karen teaches students her three-step Tolpa Khan healing method, TKH, which involves aligning with the highest source of information, asking quality healing questions through divine muscle testing, and then activating specific healing frequencies to do the clearing and healing. Like a spiritual detective, Dr. Karen can discern in detail the foundational reasons for a person's symptoms. With expert mentoring, Dr. Karen empowers her students to get precise divine answers and teaches them how to activate divine energies for self-healing. Meet Dr. Karen at karenkhan.com. Here is the interview with Dr. Karen Khan. In your own words, who is Dr. Karen Can? Hi, Valeria. Dr. Karen Can. Well, you know, I am a medical doctor uh, and a doctor of light medicine, and I have a mission to help spiritually conscious people to harness their intuiting, their healing, their manifesting superpowers um, so they can vibrate at their highest vibration and help all of us anchor in that new ideal future reality that we all want, like that peace, joy, love, and prosperity for all. And so that's me. 
It sounds very much like you have found your purpose or your gifts in this lifetime uh, within this human body. So my question is, how did you find your purpose and how do we know when we have found it? Mm -hmm. You know, I believe that we as humans, you know, continue to evolve and evolve and evolve. So even our, what I call my soul mission, and, and I actually have in my um, my best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, there is a chapter called The Soul Mission Matrix, where I teach people exactly how to extract their foundational soul mission. And this is what I've discovered after doing, you know, thousands and thousands of healing sessions, is that people have a foundational soul mission. And interestingly, there's a lot of highly sensitive people that I work with that, um, finish it. <laughs> I was like, wow, we can finish it in this lifetime? Yeah, they actually finish their soul mission. They move to a different one. So I think our soul missions evolve. And for me, I would have said to you probably 10 years ago, hey, my you know, my sole mission is to help people in chronic pain, you know, get out of pain uh, because I had suffered from fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, allergies, autoimmune, and I was in a lot of pain then. And I figured out a way out of that is through natural health and uh, wellness and forgiveness and emotional healing and physical healing. So I wrote an, a book then. It was a, a big tome of a book, 416 pages, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. Um, and that became a number one bestseller. So I thought, okay, that's my mission, you know, <laughs> but it has since changed because it's like the universe gives me different problems to help me to help other people solve it. So after we help people with that piece, there are other pieces. Um, and then that's how I discovered, wait a second, there's so many people that I'm dealing with that have sensitivities like I do, sensitive to electromagnetic fields, sensitive to negative emotions, sensitivity to be able to feel earthquakes on the other side of the planet. Wow. So I thought, oh, so then I went down that rabbit hole and as I solve problems for myself and others, that's how that mission has kind of blossomed. And of course, I, we can put a, you know, labels and words to it, but I think that's, you know, it's going to continue to blossom for, for people as they evolve, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, very much does. And I wonder if there is a destination to that or let's say a space of freedom where we don't have any more missions and now what? Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, that's that's a great thing to ask. And I don't get that question very often, but okay. I love that you asked it, Valeria. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh -huh. I, I joke around sometimes with my clients and students and, and uh, I'll say, if your sole mission is done and you don't have any soul missions and you don't have to be embodied on this planet anymore. And then that means you can go now. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that does happen, you know, to some amazing uh -huh. spiritual teachers, yeah. you know, many people have loved and known like Wayne Dyer, for example, De Debbie Ford, you know, some of the people that, you know, I've read their books or watched their movies and very inspirational people because they were done. They were done with what mm. they needed to do on this planet. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to die in the physical body, but I do feel like there may be bigger missions, littler missions. And I do feel that at some point that um, we both choose before we come into this body with what it is, or not, well, choose and agree to what mission it is when we start. Um but at the same time, there is what I call the soul experience template where we've asked to experience things as a human body. So to really enjoy life. And sometimes it's, you know, our human brain would be like, well, pain isn't enjoyable, you know, <laughs> right, but, right. but that it's part of that experience of 
human life of, of being embodied, having a body. Um, so people used to ask me, oh, Dr. Karen, what'll mm-hmm. happen if there are no more entities to clear? What if there's no more, mm-hmm. you know, negative energies to right. clear? Like, and I'm like, great. And it's like, mm-hmm. so, so you, you're mm-hmm. not a healer. Maybe you're not a healer anymore because everyone's quote unquote fixed, right. but then we, we get to create things. Mm. experiment, have fun, create, you know, mm. like push the limits of, of human abilities. So we don't always have to fix stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the big, that's what kind of you're asking, you know, the big picture. What do we do after everything's done? Right, right. I love this idea of, um, yeah, having fun, enjoying more the, uh, whatever this is or in whatever form we are, yeah, instead of always having something to do, which is kind of quite the opposite of just being. But I know in the human body, it's really, yeah, this is part of the game per se. We have to do something here always. Well, interestingly, you know, my Soul Mission Matrix, I think that's chapter six in my Sensitivity is Your Superpower book. Um, we kind of divide it up into being and doing missions. Mm-hmm. So you just talked about being yeah. and that you just hit the nail on the head because yeah. there are some people that their whole job, quote unquote job, mission in this timeline is to just resonate the, the, the frequency of joy. Mm. It's just to be right. joyful. That right. is their entire mission. They can be a janitor and be joyful. Right. They can be a teacher and be joyful. Or they could sit there and just be joyful and not do anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they will have done their mission. So mm. a lot of times we think about mission as a doing, but it isn't for a big proportion of people. It's just being. So healing. What are some of the misunderstandings about healing that most of us have from your perspective? Yeah, another great and an insightful question. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and and you know, again, I don't I don't get this question a lot, but it's super important. This is something that I talk about um, in my you know healing training programs for my students. Is that um, one of the misunderstandings or or myths about healing is that um, people feel like if their symptoms are not gone, that that means the healing didn't work. And so we kind of make it very black and white. Whereas what's really happening is that there's a process to healing and and that journey of searching, understanding, finding, uh, creating, innovating, Mm -hmm. um, changing our perceptions is part of that healing journey. And just because it has not distilled down necessarily into the alleviation of a specific physical symptom that we are not wanting to experience in this moment does not mean healing is not happening. And this is very challenging for people. Um, And one of the reasons why I have the my healing modality is called the Topican healing method. One of the benefits of learning the modality is that we can get a precise estimation, if you will. Uh, I know that sounds kind of counterintuitive, but um, we can ask exactly what needs to heal next, what's allowed to heal next, what we've already healed. Um, and we can get some numbers because I'm kind of a numbers person. Yeah, yeah. So we can ask very, very specific questions about it. So just because someone has similar or recurring symptoms does not mean they're not getting healed. The other misunderstanding is that they get better, but then they get worse again. And their assumption is number one, I'm missing something. Or number two, I'm doing something wrong. And this is due to our upbringing. We're told, oh, if you do something wrong, you get bad marks, you know, or whatever. You get some sort of punishment or, you know. So 
I, what I'm finding is that, well, it's possible that we might be missing something, but usually it's not a mistake. It's usually we're, we're not, missing is not the right word. It's like there's an additional learning or understanding that we need to get to the next stage. And that symptom is just our prompt or inspiration to go deeper into our spiritual evolution. Because honestly, mm. if people were symptom-free, would they even bother? No, they wouldn't. That's <laughs> they just wouldn't. true. We just go live our life. We get into yeah. stress and we're like, we take things for granted, myself included. So sometimes we need a little bit of a push, a little mm-hmm. hint. So when symptoms get better and they get worse again, it doesn't mean they did something wrong. It doesn't mean that they're on the wrong track. It just means there's more to un- unfold. Yeah. And and healing's like a spiraling deeper and deeper. So we say healing is like a layers of an onion, but it's like spiraling deeper and deeper. So you get to know you. And when you get to know you, you get to know God source mm. more. Mm. Um, so that's the process. So we have to let go of the idea that it's supposed to look like a certain way. And I have two questions for you that I think relates to healing. I have heard that all healing is self-healing. Do you agree? Um, you know, I think that without the self, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. there is, you know, there is no healing. But as we look at the bigger picture, right. whether it be quantum or however people like to look at it, they say we're all connected. And even, you know, quantum physics does, you know, it really does look like that. You yeah. know, we're yeah. all connected in some way. So who is really the self, right? There's our individuated fractalized version of all that is, uh, that could be the self or the self could be all of us in that oneness as God. So both ways are, are true. Um, so I can't force the healing on someone for sure. If it's for the highest and greatest good and, you know, it, it's for their highest and greatest good, then it happens if it, if it isn't for their highest and greatest good, which sometimes means they have to suffer a pain or some setback, then... It, it, that healing, quote unquote, does not happen the way we wish it to. So there's a lot of letting go, you know, in this in this process. So I would I would say, you know, I don't think it's wrong or right. I mean, one could say yes and one could say no. Um, but <laughs> you know, if I if I heal the weather, is that self healing? Because am I the weather? Well, you could argue, uh, yeah, I'm connected to Gaia. I'm connected to Earth. If that weather, if that hurricane was uh, intentionally expanded to hurt people, can we heal that? The answer is yes. That's chapter 13, weather magic. Um, And so in that place, if I'm healing the weather, am I also healing myself, my individuated self? I believe we are. I don't approve for that, but yeah, I think it, it's it's just a different perspective based on what you know whatever we're deciding uh, that is. Because there's certain things if I heal if I heal my electronics of you know entity interference, yeah. am I am I self healing? Because the electronics is not going to necessarily heal itself without my consciousness. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> so, right. Right. You know. So just really interesting questions. I think we should probably just stay in the question rather than (laughs) actually answering that as a yes or a no. And my other question about learning about what this is, what life is, death, and and everything else in between, is that something that always comes, or not always, but most of the time, it's most likely to come from suffering, or can we learn in a different way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of evolving going on in this area. Again, a great, fantastic question. Um, there, I, There is no doubt, of course, that for 
millennia <laughs> that a lot of uh, humanity has uh, learned and evolved through uh, discomfort. Let's just say yeah, yeah. Um, suffering is um, a version of that where we we put a judgment on whatever's happening. This uncomfortable thing is a form of suffering. So, um, but we can have something that's uncomfortable, but not suffer from it either. So, you know, if we look at some of the religious um, ways of describing it, I think that a better way, maybe in the more modern terms, is to understand that there is contrast. And when there's contrast to what it is we necessarily consciously desire or want or things like that, that leads us to further, you know, our evolution. We don't necessarily have to be suffering for sure. I absolutely, you know, think that it's absolutely not necessary, not anymore. Uh, but there there was uh, definitely a, a trend to do that. You know, you know, some people will say, well, Jesus suffered, right? Suffered yeah, on the yeah. cross, suffered, right, right. you know, this, this, this ridicule and pain and whipping and lashing. And yeah, totally like would not wish that on my worst mm-hmm. enemy. <laughs> right, right. Does it have to be that way? No, I, I think mm-hmm. there, there definitely is a different shift now where we don't have to try as hard uh, in that way. For example, the um, my spiritual teacher, my first spiritual teacher, Pat, used to say something like, she says, you don't have, she says, it's kind of strange that you're asking about entities because you don't come across as the kind of person that I've met in the past who deals with healing entities. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She says, well, you're too small. And I'm like, what do you mean by too small? She says, well, everybody that I've met that does entity clearing, house clearing, things like that are very, very big, fat and burly people, big, fat or burly people. And they've been scarred They've been Mm -hmm. thrown around the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have been traumatized by entities. And then they found this warrior strength within to then heal entities. But she says, you're different. You didn't have to go through that. And I thought that's really interesting because we have a lot more and so-called angelic help now. The consciousness of the planet is rising. So things don't have to be as hard. Now we can choose for them to be hard if we Mm -hmm. want them to be hard, if we think they're going to be hard. But I think healing is much more elegant, it's faster, and it does not require the quote-unquote suffering that we've had in the past. So that's really great news for all of us. And do you see a connection with the uh, 2020 events and this rise and this energy vibration that is changing or consciousness itself? It seems to be evolving, as you say. Do you see a connection between those two? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, sometimes things are just not, uh, we're not necessarily allowed to know everything that's going to happen. Because yeah. otherwise we would fall. But this was just a process that started a really long time ago. It's just that it, 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 the perception is that it's faster and faster and faster. So time seems to be moving faster. People change seems to be moving faster. So if people don't learn how to connect with themselves deeply, it can literally feel like you're going through a hurricane. And that chaos, it could be so challenging and even more challenging in some ways for the sensitive soul, the people that I, you know, help and work with um, who are highly sensitive because they feel 
the emotions of mass consciousness. Um, and in fact, there's a good friend of mine, a young person. Um, I adopt young people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, spiritually, great. yeah. Anyway, spiritual adopt. Yeah. So the young people in their twenties and and, and huh. teens and things like that. I love mentoring them. And one of my friends in that age group literally is a, a healer of some sort. I won't say her profession per se, but uh, she, you know, the whole 2019, 2020 thing. She was out for the count. She had to become disabled from her healing job um, because she was so depressed and so anxious, could not function. And here is this amazing, beautiful star seed soul who is just so loving. And and it was so sad to, for me to find out that she couldn't do her mission or gift, you know, and, and share her amazingness with the world because she didn't understand that um, her sensitivity was having her feel all these negative emotions from all these billions of people. And although she just contacted me reg- uh, recently because I think about her from time to time and every time I think about her, she gets a little shot of healing. And she just said she went, read through my book multiple times and she just really dawned on her like, OMG, this is exactly what's going on with me. And so now she's coming out of it. And I'm just so pleased. You wrote the book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. So you have been talking about topics in a book, but just for a minute, talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Karen. Mm-hmm. Be happy to. I just noticed over time in my own personal journey as well is that highly sensitive people have been um ridiculed, criticized, mocked. Um, not not because people mean to be mean, but because they just want us fixed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, why well, yeah. you stop being so sensitive? Why do you have to cry? And this like, you know, like, yeah. you know, why do you have to feel drained by other people's emotions? Just like, you know, grow tougher skin. And, you know, these kinds of things we heard growing up, a lot of us did, not all, but a lot of us did by well-meaning friends, family, teachers, and friends. Right. They just they just want us to feel better. So they just, you know, want us to fix ourselves. But we're actually not broken. That sensitivity that can cause lots of symptoms. And I see this in my clients, feeling other people's stuff. They can have literally non-physical autoimmunity. Um, and we can measure this with Topic and Healing, what proportion is physical, what portion is non-physical autoimmunity, and literally alert allergies. You know, they're like, you know, sensitive souls are like the canary in the coal mine. They know when there's negative energy around and their bodies go, whoa, 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 not good, not good, not good. Do something about this, right? But we don't get taught from childhood on how to handle it. So we explode, we get anxious, we get depressed, we don't know it's not our stuff. And so what I really want to do in this book is to say, hey, guys, you know, this is not a curse. You know, don't don't try to think you need to be fixed. You don't need to be fixed. All you need to do is be able to control and handle your own superpowers, harness them, own them, so that you can use them for positive things. You know, whether that be to know what Christmas presents you buy your great uncle <laughs> because you can feel in to the energies and what they would prefer or diffuse an argument or conflict before it becomes violent. Like there's all these things that we can use um, with our, you know, do with our superpowers. We just don't know because no one ever taught it to us. So, and I can teach this to kids. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. And the ones, they, mm. they don't have to suffer anymore. They can 
be able to function at school, but also honor their superpowers and be able to use it. And and it's really wonderful to see when that happens. I have a question for you about sensitive people. We also call them introverts and intuitives, or they are different kinds of people. Um, well, it could be all sorts of people, definitely. Um, we have introverts and extroverts, those that are social, those that are non-social yeah. or less than social. Yeah. But I do have to say that when highly sensitive people, depending on what, you know, where their uh, talents or gifts lie, um, I call them the clairs, whether they're, mm-hmm. you know, more clairsentient like I am, where I feel stuff in my body, including emotions, or whether they're more clairvoyant or clairaudient or these other talents or gifts. Um, if they're clairsentient, then oftentimes, um, well, I, I would say the other clairs as well. When we have our superpowers really, really high, it's sort of like having a big um, sensor or a big satellite Mm. dish, like the difference between the size of the ones that you see in people's homes and the ones you see at NASA. Oh, right? Wow. Yeah, Those are big, big and that's ours. <laughs> we have NASA size sensors. So with these ascension upgrades that are occurring on the planet and the galaxy everywhere, whenever we get that increase in energy, our sensors get bigger and then we have to recalibrate them over and over again so we can control these superpowers. So that introverted, so-called introverted title really has to do with us taking the time out of society (laughs) or taking the time out from all these huge energies and being able to recalibrate our sensors to discern what we need to know and what we don't need to know and also to restore healthy boundaries every time we have an ascension upgrade so we don't have to feel other people's stuff unless it's part of our mission to do that. And Mm. then if if we know what it is, then we can go and send healing to the other like if I if I'm feeling stuff from Mother Earth because Mother Earth needs my help and that's part of my purpose, if I know it's her stuff, I directly heal her and my symptoms go away. Oh, wow. But I think that quiet time is really important for highly sensitive people to really come back to their center. And my other question is about if this was a choice. I think you mentioned earlier that we do choose as a soul to come back here with certain uh, missions to fulfill. So being highly sensitive, was it a a choice we have made? Oh, yeah, that's that's another great question as well. A lot of times, the at least in my personal experience, this yeah. may not be true of every experience, but in my personal experience, the people that I work with, the people that are highly sensitive uh, happen to have very, very gifted souls. So they may have come from other planets that were more highly evolved than humans. Uh, they may, so we call them star seats. Um, some of them have angelic souls um, and they have been incarnated in, you know, multiple, multiple, you know, lifetimes. Um, some of them have a more, like a more evolved human soul. Um, other souls types, we could talk about indigo and crystal and, you know, all those types of soul types. So I think it's not so much that we incarnate incarnate uh, and choose to be a sense of soul. It's just who we are. Mm. So the more evolved we are, uh, the more gifted we are. And then if we incarnate into a human body, we bring those gifts with us. So I don't, I haven't seen anybody de-evolve. So in other words, they don't, they're not highly gifted in multiple timelines and are light being full of love and light and then incarnate as a you know, in Harry Potter speak, a muggle. <laughs> they, don't, they don't incarnate as a muggle. They, they usually choose uh, harder and harder and harder challenges every time they incarnate to evolve themselves. That's why I asked you the question earlier about freedom. 
what is to be free, finally be free from these choosing or kind of attracting these challenges or even the desire to be here and challenge ourselves. So I wonder very often what this Mm -hmm. freedom look like. Well, and, and you know, that's interesting about the freedom because obviously this is very, you know, important at this point in history. Uh, in our history, humanity's history, uh, these energies of of the opposite contrast, embracing this contrast of lack of freedom to freedom. And then it's really for us, each of us to dig deep within and go, well, what is freedom? What does that really mean? Right? So if your soul is free, Mm. I think that if you've made choices, sometimes it's uncomfortable in a human body to go, well, I didn't want that choice. I I changed my mind. Right? I get that. You know, fine. Right? Uh, Sometimes we can tweak things. For example, uh, part of my experience on this earth was to experience compassion, both self-compassion, compassion of others. So the experience of physical pain was part of that to help me experience what I asked to experience, which was compassion. But at some point I asked, is it okay if I kind of unlink these two? Uh, is it really necessary for me to have physical pain in order to experience compassion on a regular basis? And the answer was no. So I, I, I could de, you know, unlink it. Doesn't mean that I'm so clairsentient. It doesn't mean I don't have pain sometimes. But it's, it's not. Uh, let's just say, you know, if the dial was at a ten, it's probably at a two or less now. <laughs> wow. So we do have some conscious mm-hmm. choice around that, but we just have to remember sometimes our conscious choices are based on the human mind thinking that this is not okay to be challenged or not okay to have this uncomfortable experience. Uh, Whereas our soul mind is like, "Uh, you signed up for it. I think we're still going for it. You can get back out of this one because you're evolving and and we're helping you to evolve. So all your your guides, your angels, and everyone's going to help give you more love to help Mm. support, you know, uh, each of us on that journey. So in your book, you have lots of healing methods and tools Uh, some of which you have already talked about, perhaps briefly, the um, Topacan healing method, and then you have so many others. Talk to me about the S-T-O-I-M meditation. That's uh, one exercise, one of which the exercise you have. And then again, if you want to mention one more time, the uh, Topacan method. And there's something else, the uh, transformational telepathy. That's another exercise. So talk to me about these three methods, Karen. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Now, um, in the Sensitivity is Your Superpower book, right at the very, very beginning, uh, the stoam, stillness through observing internal movement, that is a process that we help people get in touch with themselves. When they get in touch with themselves, what happens is that the energy that may have been scattered, because a lot of times we don't want to feel, don't want to feel symptoms, so we actually leave our bodies (laughs) energetically and go, I don't want to be here. You know, it hurts. It brings people back because that's the only way you can actually heal the physical body is to bring the energy back to the body. So we we use this technique to put people in what I call an automatic healing state or auto healing. It actually uh, connects with the zero point field and that's where we can also create and manifest. So we have multiple different things we can do that. We can use that for intuition and we can use that for healing. We can use it for manifesting, going into that uh, stillness through observing internal movement process, which basically is feeling 
energy in your body. And when your attention is feeling energy in your body, whether or not you're scared in the moment, angry or peaceful, it doesn't really matter. What happens is that emotionally, whatever negative emotion is there just tends to dissolve on its own because your your ego is so busy mm. <laughs> focusing on where the energy is going in your body, it doesn't have time to judge anything. Because mm, right, that's and you, right. and this could be for 30 seconds at a time. It does not have to be a 60 minute. I'm very bad at, you know, or choose not to be good at, let's put it that way, at 60 minute, you know, sitting meditations. I'm a busy person. I like being busy. So I like to do the stillness while I'm doing stuff. I call that stillness on the fly. Uh, so I use that stone technique. And this is the seed from which everything else can blossom, maximizing your intuition, maximizing your ability to heal both physically and non-physically and maximizing your ability to imagine a reality into existence. For example, my my sister at this time of this, you know, recording, my my sister is in uh Saskatchewan in Canada and they had forest fires near them. They were ready to evacuate, that everything, you know, packed up. And I said, hey, well we'll do weather magic for you guys, right? So we got a bunch of our folks doing it. She goes, well, what we really need is is rain. So I said, okay, we're on it. So we did weather magic for them within a day, the fire was contained. Within two days there was rain. So, you know, I mean, and no, nothing was damaged. No homes were damaged. It's like, we literally said to the universe, um, you're not doing here. Okay. So (laughs) go around, go around this town. And that's exactly what happened. And it sounds fantastical, but anyone can learn this. But the stillness is like the most, it's like fuel, um, for all of that ability the uh, transformational telepathy is just another technique where um, we basically go into that positive sensation in our bodies or the feeling in our bodies and are able to communicate on an etheric level to someone we have a conflict with um, in order to dissolve the resistance. Um, and it's amazing. I've had 24-hour turnarounds. Most of the times we tell people do it for 30 days straight if you have a conflict with someone but when you can release your own resistance about what they are or are not doing, <laughs> which you want them to do, but they're not doing, or maybe they're pro-vax and you're anti-vax or whatever, there's all this resistance. So when you do transformational telepathy, all there is is that love and that love is communicated to them. They drop their resistance, you drop your resistance and the relationship heals. So it's wonderful for that. Um, I've also had you know court cases you know healed as well <laughs> because of transformational telepathy. And the Topican healing method is the advanced. Uh, this is actually a healing uh, method. There's a whole training related to that. Um, we we mentioned a couple of things in the book, um, like certain what we call Topican healing directives so people can practice and use. The actual method itself um, has three steps. We align with source, and that is through the storm technique. Then we ask uh, specific questions about our healing through a muscle testing technique I call divine muscle testing. And then we activate Topican healing frequencies um, in order to either clear negative energy, download positive energies, or just know more information. So we have like a 12-week program that helps people get proficient uh, in this. And we work with people, um, you know, for a whole year after the the initial program um, so they can get at more sophisticated levels of self-healing. And it can be very precise. Um, and that's the great thing about Topican Healing is that you know exactly what is working and what's not working. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, there's also something else that you offer that's called the uh, energy clearing techniques. It's part of that. It's the clearing and protection spray formula. 
Would you like to add anything about that? That's kind of interesting. I thought about getting one, though. Where can we find it and how does it work? Uh, yeah, a couple things. So um, I have a lot of freebies. I love making freebies. <laughs> so probably I was like, it's like there's so many people like get you know like whoa that's a lot. But um, in the back of my book on page two forty one, I believe it is sensitive your superpower. I have three of my freebies there. So for example, the stoem technique. There's actually a thirty minute training if people want to learn that. I called it stillness on the fly. Um, then um, the other one you're talking about is a clearing and protection spray formula. So that's, again, a freebie. And you get on my mailing list uh, when you um, get that. And what it is, is um, an energy-infused MP4 video that you watch while you're paying attention to water that you wish to charge. Um, it takes about nine seconds, although the it's three minutes, but it takes nine seconds to charge the water fully. And then you can put it in a spray bottle. Um, optional if, you, if people want to put essential oils or whatever in it. It's not necessary, but you can. And basically, you spray a space and it um, stays protected for approximately 24 hours. So, you know, if somebody's got like little kids of monsters in the room, <laughs> and sometimes there really are things uh, that they see that are real, and this uh, has a, like a protective shield, if you will, or force field. Um, it also clears negative energy from the auric field. So it's very easy. It's free. You can make up this clearing spray. We have so many stories of, of people mm -hmm. using it. Um, you know, people getting, you know, less arguments in their house. They're sleeping better. The children aren't seeing the ghosts you know, yeah. anymore, yeah. you know, they're happier. And even if they are angry or upset, you know, they spray each other and they're just calm mm -hmm. in about two to three minutes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so that's at clearingandprotectionspray.com. Uh, like I said, the, the book has the, all the freebies listed in there. And uh, the sensitivity is your superpower.com is where people would, uh, would want to go to um, to either get the ebook version of this and get the, uh, or you can, you know, go to Amazon or some other place to get the physical book. Come back to sensitivity is your superpower.com because I have um, $1,000 worth of gifts on that site, including some uh, MP3 healing MP3s from me, um, training and uh, healing things from my most trusted friends and um, healer friends and coach friends um, like Marcus Bird, his pyramid meditation. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of different things there. So it's basically $1,000 worth of bonuses just for um, supporting people in this process. So sensitivity is your superpower.com is uh, where you want to go to get access to all those awesome bonuses. Wonderful. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. So before I ask you my final questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Well, you know, I tend to go on in my book, so I probably won't <laughs> read uh, too much, but I, I did want to just share with people what we talked a little bit about earlier is just, just understand that, you know, for those people that feel like they're sensitive souls, that you know, that they feel like there's something wrong with them. I just wanted to reiterate that you have superpowers. Everybody does, even if they don't recognize themselves as sensitive souls, because with the ascension process, everyone is, get get this, becoming more sensitive, <laughs> even if they weren't sensitive before. So now is the time to really harness those 
those talents and and be able to fulfill your mission. And maybe your mission is just feeling joy. Mm -hmm. And if that's it, we need you. We need every one of you, (laughs) you know? Uh, And uh, so, yeah, so that's my vested interest because I want us to shine our light so we can pull the world out of darkness and resonate and anchor in that new reality of joy, peace, and love and prosperity for all. It can happen and it will happen. And I would just, you know, I think most of us would love it a little bit sooner. So two more questions for you. If you knew you would lose the body soon, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? No, I don't think so. You know, I think one of the things I'm, I'm as a human, uh, not terribly good at is being organized. <laughs> so uh, I would probably just organize things <laughs> for my, you know, for family, my dog, whatever is necessary. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I would feel very peaceful, I believe. And, um, you know, I'd be like, oh, next adventure. What's going yeah. on? I don't know. Okay. Right. So, and here's the other thing too, is even the, if the powers, the human powers or non-human, I suppose, powers that be, uh, for some reason, if they, you know, if the universe allows them to attack people like me, you know, or attack me uh, as a healer, you know, the, the telepathy that I, this is second level telepathy, but sec- the telepathy that I'm sending off is, you know what? I love you. And I'm just going to be just more powerful out of body. So I don't know if you want to do this. Okay. We can play this game, but you know, um, cause I'm True. an angel, you know, I, I, one of my souls is an angelic soul and I'm still going to be here. Right. I might be out of body. Right. I'm right. not going to hurt you, but <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you will do yeah, more good. Actually. More so I don't know. Yes. That's your choice. Yeah. So that's, yeah, so it's a little bit of humor there, but uh, oh, yeah, I don't cute. <laughs> concern myself too much about that. And I've never really been a uh, remember anyway being afraid of of dying. I suppose yeah. one time when I was suffocating when I was sleeping, but you know that was like a literal like physical knee jerk reaction. You know, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. But that was like, oh, that was uncomfortable. Uh, but the idea of dying, not so much, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that it might be that knowing that there's no death. Who we are really was never born in and never die. I have heard that before and that phrase just resonated so true. Who we really are was never born and will never die. Yeah, it's nothing to be afraid of. Of course not, Karen. No, no. Uh, my last question is, what are three things about life that you know for sure as of this moment? About life that I know for sure in this moment. Well, one is that there is only this moment and then this <laughs> yeah, moment yeah. and then this moment and then this yeah, moment. Yeah, life yeah. wants to live. Um, so what does that mean? Um, it's like, you know, people worry about, you know, things like, you know, is this vaccine going to hurt me or harm me or people shedding it or, you know, all these kinds of things. And, but studies have shown that our DNA can heal itself, you know, even the physical, on the physical level, just by the frequency of love being exposed to it. So life and nature wants to continue, you know, wants to evolve, wants to expand. And so that's, you know, the other piece there, there is only this moment that life is almost like on its own, like desiring to continue move on, whether that's us consciously and individuate itself or just all of us together. And uh, the third piece is that um, things are always moving and changing and uh, and evolving. Um, And the less we resist that, the happier, more peaceful we will be. 
Thank you so much again for sharing your timeless wisdom, as I call it, and your loving presence. Very peaceful, very fun. Yeah, you're a lot of fun, actually. Uh, spiritually fun, I call it, and very light. Thank you, Karen. My pleasure, Valeria. Thank you for the work you do and for having me here. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon, for sure. We'll be in touch. Bye Love for now, Karen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Karen Kahn and her work, please visit karenkahn.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.